Welcome to the Bean Town Podcast for Saturday, February 3rd, 2018. This is Quinn David Furness coming to you live from 817 St. Paul Street in lovely, cold Beantown, USA. Oh, man. I am getting into the musical openings, you know? I had a lot of feedback lately on the podcast, people saying, I love it, it's raw, it's edgy, you really jump right in, but hey, what if we had some uh, some musical intros to really uh, to get us going, and I say, hey, why not? So, you know, I was listening around to a couple of different podcasts here and there, some people, some rock music going, some people have their own theme song, I say, hey, I don't want to have to worry about you know, licensing fees and, and paying other people. I have a music degree myself, so let's just uh, let's take care of business on this end, and uh, and we'll we'll sing us in, we'll sing us out, um, and it's going to be lovely. What's going on? How are you? What's happening this week? Wow, lots going on. Apologize, this podcast could get long. Uh, whew. We have a lot of things on the docket today. Um, listener discretion is advised uh, for two reasons. One, there's going to be some uh, pretty adult language happening later here. And then also the podcast is just subjectively terrible. So if you are uh, if you made it this far, um, you know, you're probably here because you actually want to listen and not because you're just exploring. So uh, kudos to uh, 
the the seven of you who are are still listening at this point. Yesterday was Groundhog Day. Rise and shine, campers. It's uh, cold out there. Um, I don't remember exactly how it goes, but the, the you know the song. I got you, babe. Uh, Sunny and Cher. It's classic. I uh, watched Groundhog Day this morning. Got to do it. It's tradition. Punxsutawney Phil, as he does. Honestly, I was looking at the stats. It's like 75% of the time Punxsutawney comes out and he sees, uh, Punxsutawney Phil comes out, he sees the shadow. So I don't really know what uh, what the big deal is because it seems like he's seeing his shadow three out of every four years here. But uh, yesterday morning was no different. We got six more weeks of winter. And if you were in Beantown right now, you would uh, you would agree with me. It's, it's cold out here, which is... Uh, Kind of what I've come to expect from my Februarys, but um, I don't know. Last Saturday it was like sixty degrees or something, so it's up and down, um, just like my uh, emotional well-being. So we'll save that for a later podcast. Oh man, <sighs> got a lot to talk about. Um, first and foremost, online dating. Uh, since moving to Baltimore, I've been doing a lot of online dating: Tinder, Bumble. Uh, Hinge, uh, Plenty of Fish, OkCupid, um, Grinder. after I've had a couple of drinks, um, Craigslist Personals, uh, when I'm really going through a rough patch, um, aka every weekend. Um, these apps are the, the reasons, honestly, that I can only store like 45 pictures on my iPhone at one time, my kick-ass iPhone 5C with 8 gigs of storage. Um, but, you know, as someone who spends more than 90% of uh, my personal time with strangers I meet on the Internet, I feel pretty well-informed uh, on the topic. Um, it, it, the big thing with, with online dating, no matter what medium you're using, it's that opening message, right? Uh, and, and there's a billion different types of opening messages you can use, a lot of different strategies. Um, thinking about it, uh, past weekend I went on a, a couple different dates um, and I don't know. I'm a big sports guy. Uh, once we get into the summer, you'll uh, you'll hear me talking about baseball all the time. But uh, I I've come to f- to feel like you know online dating apps are uh, kind of like being a baseball player, and you go up to the plate uh, with that that bat in your hand, and and you're you're looking to to get on base. So uh, a couple different openers, and and I'm going to relate them to a couple different uh, things you can do while you're at the plate in baseball. So so the classic opener. Anything is hey, hello, hi, maybe a smiley face. Um, that's kind of like going up to the plate and and bunting, you know. The chances that you get into first base uh, pretty slim. Uh, if you're uh, if you're skilled, you might be able to beat it out and get to get to first base. So, but that's your hey, it's your bunt. It's it's not exactly. I don't know. I was gonna say it, it's safe, but it's not safe because you're probably not going anywhere with it. Uh, you got your standard uh, solid single up the middle. That's gonna be something like, uh, "Hey, wow, that second picture is really beautiful. Where was it taken? If it's like a uh, a travel uh, picture or something, is it gonna get you to first base? Yeah, probably. Um, your chance of circling the bases just on a, a solid single up the middle uh, probably pretty low. But uh, hey, if you got a high scoring offense, aka your uh, your Tinder game as we call it, you know, you might just get lucky. Um, my favorite uh, uh, that I've been using lately, and it's been working pretty well, um, it's going to be your, your solid double off the wall. Um, so you say something just crazy uh, out of left field. <laughs> no pun intended. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's a message. That's, it's like uh, something just 
as straightforward as three exclamation points. That's it. Just three exclamation points. You send that message, double off the wall. I guarantee you. It's going to work pretty well. Or something like, uh, uh, quote, does, does this mean we're exclusive? You know, it's, it's where, whoa, where did that come from? I got to respond to this guy now. He's edgy. He gets it. He's gotten my attention. Um, oh, this is always really popular as well. Another kind of ties into baseball. I'm really out of your league. Uh, and you just leave it like that. Boom. That's it. It's over. That's all you say. Your chance of getting a good response and a chance to get some of that witty banter going back and forth, it's solid. I love it. It's the double off the wall. Um, of course, of course, we got, you got home runs in baseball, right? So you got your home run cut when it comes time to uh, uh, online dating pickup lines. The good old swinging for the fences. You know, you got nothing left to lose which is where a lot of men like myself uh, are at in these trying times. Um, I've used these in the past to uh, very limited success. I'd say about, I don't know, 20% of the time they work half the time. Uh, that's a nod to Paul Wright in, in Anchorman. That's not the exact quote. But uh, I was never a power hitter myself, so so maybe you guys out there have better odds with these. Uh, something like uh, straightforward, do you want to have sex and eat pizza? That's it. That's what you say. Um, now, for for my mom and dad listening, no, I obviously never used that line before. That's crass. It's straightforward. It's it's disrespectful to women. Yeah, I would never use a pickup line like that. Um, it's probably not going to work. Works less than ten percent of the time. Uh, but you know, less than ten percent of uh, swings are home runs, right? And it's probably like one percent or something like that. Uh, another good one. Uh, I'm going to uh, be going out on Saturday night, and you want to join. Um, you get right to the point. You're asking out on the date without any of the small talk. Very straightforward. No messing around. No ambiguity. It's like you're you're going for that home run. You're down by 10 runs, which is where uh, I'm at right now. And, hey, you're just trying to pad your stats. So uh, I, I should mention you know, I've used some terms like first base, second base, home run. Uh, the, the, the kind of baseball rounding the bases metaphor is a common one. Uh, in in pop culture in, in regards to talking about dating, um, I, I should mention what my four bases are though. So first base is she responds to one of your first five messages. So if you've sent you know four messages over the course of a month or something, nothing, no response, but you send that fifth message and she responds within a year, hey, that's first base. You're on, buddy. Uh, bump you up in the uh, on base percentage category. Second base, that is eye contact. That's a big one. It's a pretty underrated one. I can't tell you how many dates I've gone on uh, where a girl just wears sunglasses and you don't know if she's looking at you. That's why I, I try not to date in the, 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 the bright uh, summer months uh, when that sun is peak in the sky. Uh, so that's second base. Third base, accidentally touching her butt while swimming backstroke laps in the pool. So probably some questions about that right what are you doing in a pool why are you swimming backstroke it's like one of the three worst strokes um the swim date i gotta tell you and i been some joking around already on this podcast this is a true story i have done the swim date uh <laughs> dated a girl it was kind of like a quasi relationship pseudo relationship what's the difference between quasi and pseudo i don't know quasi is like the guy from hunchback of notre dame Pseudo is like the thing that I'm taking when I have cold and flu from CVS. Anyways, 
quasi-suity relationship and went to the YMCA, used one of my free passes, and we went on the swim date. That that was it. I think we had, like, Hot Pockets at her house afterwards and watched Judge Judy, which was her favorite thing to do, by the way. She loved uh, watching Judge Judy. I never, I don't know, never really got into it. But uh, <clears throat> that didn't last very long. Anyways, back to the point here. Third base, accidentally touching her butt while swimming backstroke laps in the pool. It's a big one. Uh, of course, you got your home run, get married, and have six kids. So that's uh, that. That's the, the four bases. First base, responds to one of your first five messages. Second base, eye contact. Third base, accidental duck, uh, butt, yikes, butt punching. No. Woo-hoo. Don't do that. Butt touching. Um, we're going to just leave that right there. And then home run, circling the bases, get married and have six kids. Uh, when you're raised as a white conservative Christian, the third base to home run difference is actually the smallest leap you've got there. <laughs> Going from the swim date to the married with six kids, not that big of a difference in regards to going from eye contact to the swim date. So, I mean, you you do the math. You think about it. How many girls in your life are you going to make eye contact with, and how many of those girls are you going on a swim date with at the YMCA and having Hot Pockets with after, right? It's a, it's a pretty low percentage, probably, you know, 40 to 50%. Whereas you tell me you go out on a YMCA swim date and have hot pockets with a girl and she still wants to date you after that, your chances of getting married and having multiple children, it's pretty good. I'll be honest with you. I'm 0 for 1 in the category, but I guarantee you, you, you give me five more girls to take to the YMCA on a swim date, we're getting married. Um it's a one in a million shot, one in a million. But hey, some guys make it work. I'll let you know what I find out. That's online dating and uh, the baseball metaphors. It's a it's a dog eat dog world out there. I tell you what, but uh, it's fun. It's uh, it, it, it's it's a crazy time. I tell you what. And if you ever uh, ever do meet someone that you uh, were chatting with on Craigslist Personals, uh, bring some buddies. You know, not not in like a sick orgy type thing, but just have your back, I guess is what I'm saying. So uh, let's leave that there. Movies, uh, big for me this week as they uh, usually are. I took kind of a different approach to movie watching this week. So last couple weeks I've been, you know, getting all... Ready to go with my Oscar films, and then just been doing a lot of like second and third watches um, of movies. But this week, I I watched two movies at home, and I watched one movie in the theater last night. Um, So at home this week, I watched You Can Count on Me, which is a movie that a coworker um, told me about. It's Kenneth Lonergan, who did Manchester by the Sea last year, won uh, Best Original Screenplay. But You Can Count on Me was from 2000, I think, and it's Mark Ruffalo and Laura Linney. And believe it or not, uh, Macaulay Culkin's younger brother makes his debut in that. Uh, didn't spend too much time home alone in the film, but uh, they were they were together quite a bit. So, um, yeah, You Can Count on Me. It was a a good film. Uh, Kenneth Lonergan, similar kind of style to Manchester by the Sea. So if you liked it, I encourage you to check it out. Solid film. Uh, Mark Ruffalo 
Um, and Laura Linney were both really good in. Also, uh, uh, Matthew Broderick, who's always in Kenneth Lonergan films, plays uh, an interesting character in that film. But that was You Can Count On Me. I saw Patterson on Amazon Prime a couple nights ago. Patterson was a movie that I saw one trailer for, you know, two years ago when it came out. And thought, oh, this looks kind of cool, but never really heard about it again. Uh, never really saw any advertising or marketing or anything for it, no media for it. Stumbled across it on Amazon Amazon Prime the other night, and I was like, "Hey, I remember this trailer. Let's check it out." So it's it's Adam Driver, and um, his wife is played by an Iranian actress um, who I don't know. But it, the story takes place in Patterson, New Jersey. He's a bus driver slash poet, and it's just one week in their life, and and that's really all you need to know uh, before going into the film. It's not not a crazy dramatic. You know, there are no big twists. There's no big climax. It's just a nice, simple film uh, about working class Americans. Uh, and it was it was beautiful. It was a really nice film. Uh, and then last night, went to the theater. I saw Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool, which was based on, uh, what was the guy's name? Um, some pa- Something Turner. Um, Patrick Turner. Is that right? No, it's not Patrick. Um, Peter Turner. Uh, memoir about his relationship with Gloria Graham back in like 1980 early 1980s late 70s liverpool uh gloria graham uh like a black and white film actress she won an oscar um back in the 50s i think but the this is basically a story about their relationship which happens right at the end of gloria graham's career and uh yeah it has a great elvis costello song in it um i enjoyed that one a lot as well again nice film um have some issues with it but annette benning jamie bell both really good um if it would have got it had a few more things fall its way it could have uh made us want to wait <coughs> made its way into some oscars conversations but uh it did not quite get there uh so in terms of ratings you can count on me, which was a Kenneth Lonergan one. I give that three out of four stars. Patterson, I'm also going to give three out of four stars. Uh, film stars on Dying Liverpool, I give two and a half out of four stars just because um have some some issues with it. And it was mostly the um, the actual relationship itself. For me, it was kind of tough to, to get behind. But the, the acting from both Jamie Bell and Annette Bening were uh, both really solid. So... Just because you know, two and a half stars out of out of four stars is actually a, a pretty solid rating. So um, those are those films. The movie that I wanted to talk a little bit more in depth about today, um, one that I haven't reviewed yet, but it's Lady Bird. Uh, one of so I, I have two favorite films this year. One is Call Me by Your Name, which we talked about last week, I think, or two weeks ago. Um, and then the other one is Lady Bird. Seen it thrice now, three times. It's Saoirse Ronan. Uh, it is Laurie Metcalf. It's Tracy Letts, um, Lucas Hedges, and Timothy Chalamet are kind of the, the main cast. It's amazing. It's kind of Greta Gerwig's own personal tale. She wrote it, directed it, um, really hoping that she gets some accolades at the Academy Awards next month. But it's, it's just one of those films that the reason it's so fantastic is because it's so real it's so raw. It doesn't beat around the bush in anything. And it anyone who's ever been in high school, uh, I think, can relate to it. Not to mention there are – it's acted out so well. There are so many different characters in different walks of life, right? The the choir teacher um, with his illness, the, the dad facing mental health issues and unemployment. Um, the mom plays that perfect Laurie Metcalf 
stunning. Really hoping she gets the Oscar for it. Um, I think any mom or daughter can relate to Laurie Metcalf's uh, character and her position in that. Uh, I am fairly confident my mom can. Uh, Saoirse Ronan, great. If you've ever been a teenage girl, Saoirse Ronan's, uh, or the, the brother in the film, uh, being an outsider um, in a place where you don't really feel like you fit in, <clears throat> great role or a great kind of storyline for that as well. Um, there's someone who's dealing with coming out sex sexually uh, or with their sexuality, someone dealing with uh, nihilism uh, and smoking and drinking at a young age. There's just, there are so many different characters that fit in seamlessly. Um, it, it's the most real film of the year. Um, it was similar to, to what Manchester by the Sea was like <laughs> last year in that you just you feel like you can completely relate because it, it's not fabricated. Nothing's been dolled up. This just, this is, this is, you know, one year of, of life and so many different characters coming in and out of it. It's, it's brilliant. So if you haven't seen Lady Bird yet, absolutely. It's a must watch. Um, yeah, no reservations, four out of four stars. Um, really, Laurie Metcalf is just stunning in it, but don't look past Tracy Letts. Also, really, really good. So, Lady Bird is my highest and full recommendation. One of my two favorite movies of the year. Let's move off of uh, movies. Bum 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 bum. Bum bum. <coughs> Excuse me. One sec. Oh man, I was trying to sing the. Uh, the NFL on Fox theme because it's the Super Bowl tomorrow, although I think it's on NBC, uh, which means we get to listen to Chris Collinsworth. Now, here's a guy, and oh, he's going to get his two feet in, and ah, uh, I don't know, Al. That started to get more into Tony Romo territory right there, but Super Bowl tomorrow, Pats versus Eagles. A lot of people, people really haven't been asking me my, my score prediction that much because who cares what I care or what I think about score prediction. People have been asking me who I'm rooting for, and actually, I, I'm really finding myself going back and forth between this because, and, and most people who are listening will say, are you kidding me? Like, you have to root for the Eagles. They're playing the Patriots. Well, here, here are my, my two cents on this. <clears throat> First and foremost, my original thoughts got root for the Eagles, right? Um, team that's never won it before. Um, team that is just really put together talent-wise, young coach. They did everything right. They drafted well. Um, they got a, an underdog for a quarterback. It's just, you know, it's the perfect setup, right? I love everything about that team. What I hate is everything else about them. The fans, uh, <laughs> the city, the, the amount of videos that I've seen throughout the playoffs of Eagles fans just doing trash trashy things to other fans eagle or vikings fans uh falcons fans now patriots fans it's just terrible and look that's going to happen for most teams although i swear to god never seen a vikings fan throwing unopened beer cans and bottles at at opposing teams fans but um <laughs> i don't know it's just it's reached a point to me for or for me where i just Man, it would be really satisfying to to shut those fans up for a little bit. Um, on the other side, you know, Patriots won it crazy. What is, what is it? They've won five times now since two thousand one. They're going for number six, I think. Let's see. 
They got the they beat the Rams, great Sean Turf, back to back years versus Eagles and Panthers. They beat McNabb and DeLome. Then they beat the Seahawks on the the first and goal one. And that's it, right? They've lost no, no, no. They they beat. Oh, damn. They beat the Falcons last year. Okay, yeah. There's the there's the five, right? Um, one, two, three, four, five. They lost to the Giants twice. Yeah, that's that's it. So they're going for number six. I'm at a point right now where they're so damn good and so well coached, and their chemistry is just perfect that I say let it, let it ride. You know, Tom Brady's cemented himself as the greatest of all time he's he's surpassed manning he surpassed montana um he's he's the best there is it's fine i've come to accept it so let's just see how far they can go you know tom brady as he's gotten older has kind of kept to himself a little bit more and gotten less douchey um you watch belichick he's also coming out of his shell a little bit um cracks a smile a little bit more often laughs if you watch the uh jimmy kimmel and Guillermo thing at the uh, the Super Bowl came out a couple days ago. Um, you see Bill Belichick giving a hug to Guillermo and laughing with him. So uh, I I like Belichick actually. The more I've gotten to watch him, but so I, I in that sense I'm not really going to be upset whichever team wins. What do I actually think is going to happen? My final score prediction. I am going to say that the pay well. Man, it's tough because if the Eagles play like they did in the NFC Championship game, they would never lose a game of football <clears throat> for the rest of eternity. They, it was arguably the most dominant, well-played playoff performance, I think, ever, if I'm being fair. Um, so if they play like that, yeah, no one's going to stop them. But I just there's something in the back of my head saying Eagles are going to find a way to choke it away. So... I'm going to predict that the Patriots win at 27 to 23. It's going to be close. Patriots are going to have to come back, uh, but they've done it once, right? 28 to three. They can do it again. So Patriots 27, Eagles 23. That's the official Beantown podcast prediction. We will see what happens tomorrow night, something like 5 p.m. I don't know. Justin Timberlake doing a halftime show. I don't think he's announced uh, who else is going to come out with him, but I guess we'll find out. I will be watching it. From right here in the flower chair, got some, uh, went to the grocery store, got some uh, nacho supplies, and we'll do some uh, buffalo chicken tenders as well. Uh, should be a good day. I got some beer as well. I'm drinking again. Thursday was February 1st. The dry month is over. Went to trivia, had some beer, got completely uh, buzzed off of two blue moons, so that tells you how my tolerance was going. Got to use my flask for the first time last night, took it to the movie theater, uh, filled it with some bourbon. Thank you, Brother Jack, for that Christmas present. And, uh, yeah, drink uh, drink some bourbon while I was watching my uh, my film last night. Uh, what else is coming up? Bum, bum, ba-dum, bum, 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 The Olympics. Hello. Winter Olympics 2018 from... Uh, what is it? China Junior. That's who's hosting it. Pyeongchang, South Korea. Uh, that's yeah. China. Okay. Sidebar. China and its Chinese properties are hosting the next three Olympics. Let's run through it. China Junior, aka South Korea, is hosting 
in what a week here it starts um 2020 tokyo summer olympic games aka china junior and and then 2022 next winter olympic games are beijing china senior uh you want to talk about how badly we're losing to China? I will show you the next three Olympic host sites. So that's coming up. Uh, I would love for you to email uh, the podcast, BeantownPodcast at Yahoo.com. That's Beantown, B-E-A-N-T-O-W-N, podcast at Yahoo.com. Let me know who you're rooting for in this year's Olympics. You know, Are you rooting for uh, the USA or maybe Russia because you like a powerhouse? Maybe you're going for the underdogs, something like Laos. I don't know. Laos is one of those under-the-radar countries that, I don't know, you're not going to see them climbing the metal boards, but look out for them in uh, the, the biathlon. Uh, they're light. They're, they're quick. They stay on top of the snow. Uh, those Laotians, Laotians, Lashins, Lashins. The Lashins are going to be real good uh, this year, I think. Flying under the radar. You don't expect them. Uh, hashtag guerrilla warfare. Uh, that's the Olympics. Uh, no uh, NHL hockey players playing hockey uh, in the Olympics this year, which is a bummer. I will probably be rooting for uh, Norway um, just to, to stick it to the man. So Olympics are coming up. Uh, <clears throat> I did want to get back to this uh, this dating question because uh, I did get uh, some advice. Uh, not I didn't get advice. I got an advice question uh, emailed to BeantownPodcast at Yahoo.com this week. Uh, it's about the age gap um, in dating, and it's actually pretty relevant because uh, a couple weeks ago I saw Fan Thread, and then last night I saw the Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool, which the, the dating gap there is like 30 years or something. So the, the question comes from a, a listener uh, here in Oklahoma, says... Uh, dear Beantown Quinn, I've been thinking about asking this lady out. Uh, th- here's the one catch. She's 32 years older than me. I'm a 24-year-old 24, 24 male, got my graduate degree uh, in business. Everything's going well. Uh, she's got a couple kids. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? That's a great question. Let's, uh, let, let's kind of talk through this a little bit. Um, the, the big question here, of course, what, what is the appropriate age gap for dating? Is there still such a thing as an appropriate or inappropriate age gap in 2018? I don't know. That's a good question. Let me, uh, let me talk about myself here. Most of my <clears throat> – got to get a cup of uh, – a drink of coffee. One sec. Oh, my coffee's getting to that point where uh, it's getting close to the, the point of – uh, no drinky, no no return drink wise, temperature wise. Uh, I don't want to get up and and uh, put it in the microwave though. Uh, hashtag dead air. Um, most of my Tinder matches are are between like eighteen to twenty two, and and that's my first problem. It's tough being someone who has gone through the college thing, gone through grad school, moved to a different city, full time job, and benefits. I might add, uh, although I do not have dental. Um, so fingers crossed on, on, on no uh, no dental problems. Knock on wood. Uh, you're still matching, so you're you're this age, <clears throat> 22, maybe 23, pushing 24. You're still matching with the college sophomores, and I, I tell you what, it's just a different lifestyle. 
what I'm in now compared to what I was doing when I was, you know, 19, 20 years old, second year of college. Um, yes, I want to hang out with you and have tea and play Mancala. No, I do not want to come to your sorority semi-formal. I don't want to buy you alcohol either. And that's kind of okay. Let, let's, let's dwell on this for a second. That's the weird thing. Buying alcohol radically shifts whether the person you're buying for is legal or not, right? Because if you're, okay, you're hanging out with a 20-year-old and, you, and buying you alcohol, I feel shady as hell. Like, like I got to be wearing a long trench coat and, and smuggling that handle of Smirnoff in the dorms because what college kid drinks anything but Smirnoff? I swear to God. I go on dates occasionally with like a 20, excuse me, 20 year old. And be like, oh, so what do you like? Or first, do you drink, right? You got to ask that first. Second, what do you like to drink? And you know, I'm, I'm at a point in my life where love me some, some bourbon, really anything comes from whiskey. Uh, big fan of right now. Um, I, you know, do some tequila as well. Uh, kind of, you know, here and there, but, but I'm, I'm off vodka. It's not a thing for me right now. But I swear to God. Every other college person you talk to is just vodka, 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 vodka. I don't know why. It it just tastes like, man, it's bad. So, no, not vodka's not for me anymore. But you, you smuggle that handle of Smirnoff into, you know, like her dorm so you don't get caught by the RA. That So that's one thing when she's 20. Then when she turns 21, it's completely different. Like, if you're not buying her alcohol, all of a sudden you're the asshole uh, it's amazing how quickly that changes with just, you know, one day turning 20 to, to 21. So that's why my goal is to only date 40-year-old divorced moms because, let's face it, I've always wanted a couple of kids. Uh, it seems like the quickest way to do that. Um, either that or i got to go uh, visit the goat sanctuary here coming up. So, <laughs> oh, man, we are running long on this podcast. Got couple more things to talk about, and then, uh, then we will wrap it up, I promise. A uh, couple things. I bought a guitar earlier this week. It's blue. Um, it's very fashionable. I feel like Johnny Cash woke up this morning, turned on an Eagles live concert, and uh, you should have seen me or heard me, as my neighbors did, just strumming along. You got peaceful, easy feeling, take it easy, a new kid in town. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So looking forward to, uh, to advancing my guitar skills there. Maybe we'll do some, uh, some intro outro music with the guitar coming up here. Last thing, got another email, uh, from the, uh, or into the, the, the podcast email. That's beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Like, share, subscribe. That's beantown, B-E-A-N-T-O-W-N podcast at yahoo.com. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors. Uh, it says, Dear Beantown Quinn, are you planning on commenting on the SOTU speech? Gotta tell you, I first read this at like 2 in the morning because they don't sleep well. I thought it said scrotum. Uh, are you planning on commenting on the scrotum speech in this week's podcast? Now, I, I could talk about that, but I, I woke up a little bit, saw a State of the Union is what that acronym is for. Not many references to China, I fear. Sad. Thank you for that email. Uh, we're short on time, so I'm not going to dwell on it a lot. I will say that I think that speech went about as good as anyone in the country could have hoped for. Um, he stuck to the teleprompter, which is always a good thing. Um, issues with, with policy and, and everything else aside. My biggest problem with the scrotum speech was 
and I, I was listening to it on, on the radio, wasn't watching it live, listened to it live on the radio. He kept, uh, or so it was tougher for me to pick up on this, but then when I was watching the, the highlights at ESPN later, you saw it. He kept clapping for himself into the microphone. Like, if if you're, I don't know, if you're, like, bringing everyone's attention to some like a, someone you brought to the speech, like a vet or a, a kid or something or a goat, um, and you're clapping for them, that's fine. And that happened once or twice. But he would just, like say something for 10 seconds it would be kind of like okay whatever but pause for the applause and he'd start clapping for himself and i gotta tell you after 80 minutes of that i was i literally this speech was what okay 80 minutes long in total probably 30 minutes of dj t talking and 50 minutes of him applauding for himself um yeah, I don't need that white noise. I want to hear some actual policy, some actual substance, not just you clapping for yourself. So that was my biggest issue with it. That's all I'm going to say about it because I'm not well-informed enough politically. Uh, we'll save that for a later podcast. I was thinking this morning while I was cooking up breakfast, what if we did an entire podcast in just Donald J. Trump's voice? It would be tough. I'd have to practice for a little while to pull it off, but... Uh, Hey, if that's something you think you would uh, you'd like to hear, let me know. Comment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know where to find the Beantown Podcast, or send us an email to beantownpodcast at yahoo dot com. Uh, that's Beantown B E A N T O W N Podcast at yahoo dot com. You can also like, share, subscribe uh, on YouTube. Um, leave some comments there as well. There's a billion different ways to get in touch with me. If you think that'd be a fun idea, let me know, and we'll start working on it. Um. I mentioned yesterday on Facebook and Twitter that we're going to make an, a, a big announcement live on air. Uh, and, uh, yeah, let's not beat around the bush. Tax season uh, is upon us. Taxes are due sometime in April. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to deadlines. But uh, my big announcement is that I'm going to be doing my taxes live on the air in a couple of weeks here, don't have the the date nailed down yet. It'll probably be sometime in, in early March or late February. Quinn's releasing his tax returns for uh, the whole world to see. Um, so, yeah, that's happening. It's a big announcement. I think it's going to put some pressure on the president to release his tax returns. But, yeah, there it is. It's the big announcement. Quinn David Furness, my pledge to you, we are going to be doing our taxes for the 2017 year live on this podcast boom there it is hello all right i feel pretty good about that i think we're gonna leave it there and uh yeah thanks for checking in i will uh be back here next saturday olympics will be in full swing we'll know who won the super bowl Uh, i'll have another movie or a couple of movies to talk about and yeah it's gonna be great this has been Quaid and Dave Furness in the Beantown Podcast, and we're going to play us out with some music. Zoo-bee-zoo-bee-zoo. <clears throat> 
Zubi zubi zu. Zubi zubi zu, zubi zu, zubi zu. Na 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 na. Zubi zu, zubi zu. Hey.